0: God is good, and I've got—I've got, I've got a, some good things. Everybody, stand to your feet just for a moment, <clears throat> and I want you to say this after me today: If God is for me, God is for me, nobody, can be me. nobody can be against me. Don't forget that. Amen. Amen. You can sit down. I had you stand up so you put out a little effort in making that confession. Amen. <laughs> So we're in our series um, entitled Your Life, You Choose. Probably one of the most important series that can be taught because I've made several comments in, in, the, in the messages that I've shared already. I've, I've said this a number of times that the Bible says that you have the ability to change the direction of your life based on what you say. What comes out of your mouth on a day-to-day basis can change the direction of your life. Now, there's a lot of people, a lot of people even in the church world that don't believe that. Today, I'm, I'm going to make a statement to you and then, and then we'll follow up in Scripture because uh, today, just be prepared, and I'm going to go through it pretty quickly, but I'm going to read a lot of Scripture because I'm going to take you on an Old Testament little journey It's almost going to be like a movie to you. I'm going to read a lot of scripture, but I'm going to do it quickly, but you'll like the stories. And what I'm talking about today is that, I said this two weeks ago, that what you say out of your mouth day to day, the things that you say out of your mouth carry more weight in your life than anyone else, even what God has said. And I'm going pr- to, I, I promise you, you will not leave here today not seeing what I just said in the Word of God. Amen. Then you can argue with God about it. I'm just telling you what He said. This isn't my idea. That's why I'm reading so much Scripture today. And <clears throat> we're starting today in uh, one of our foundational Scriptures, uh, James chapter 3. And verse 1, we all stumble in many things, and if anyone does not stumble in word, he is, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Then he compares with what he just said to the bits in a horse's mouth. Then he compares to the rudder of a ship. And in verse 5 he, said, he says, even so the tongue. Like the bit in a horse's mouth, like the rudder of a ship that is controlling the direction, even so the tongue, even so your mouth, even so what you say. One translation on verse 2 says, "For, For we all stumble in many things, but if anyone does not stumble in what he says, never says the wrong thing, same as a perfect man able to control the rest of his life. The rest of his life. Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the what? Tongue. Didn't say death and life are in the power of the devil. Didn't say death and life are in the power of God. The Bible said God said death and life for my life are in the power of what I say. So couple of things before we get into this i've got i've got just some scripture i'm going to back this up with um and and i want to read these verses of scripture and i want you to see something here and and you know how vital it is for you to take what you hear and go do something with it right you've got to prove to yourself that what i'm telling you is absolutely true you know why if you don't do that, there's about an 80% chance you won't believe what I said. If you don't go to the Word yourself, there's probably a 80 upwards of maybe 85% that you will not believe what I said. You've got to take what I hear, make sure that's what God's saying to you, That that's what God's saying in his word so that he can say it to you. Matthew 10 and verse 32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Now, I'm going to read a number of other verses here before we get to my story in the Old Testament. And you're going to see the word in these next few verses, confess as you see it right here, confession, profession, and you go and look that word up for yourself, but I'm telling you what it says. And what it means is for, for you and I to confess, to speak, to declare what he says. In other words, to speak the same thing. As Fabian was talking about earlier, when you say what he says and you believe it, you get results. Yeah. That's why you have to learn to change what you say day to day to begin to change the direction of your life. That's how powerful that words are. I'm not talking about you making up words. I'm talking about you saying what he says is so. That's the difference maker on planet Earth. That's what changes everybody. So, based on what he said right here, now we've we've read this passage of Scripture, the church has, and we've kind of, we've used this at times when somebody didn't want to come to the altar and confess Jesus as their Savior. I don't see that there. Now the church did. A lot of the church did. Put a lot of people under guilt trips. A lot of people got saved because they felt guilty. Worst way to get saved. You need to get saved because you realize how much he loved you. But what I'm seeing in this passage in the next few verses I'm going to read to you is this. That what God has said for my life, listen to me, Don't get mad at me when I say this. Listen to the rest of what I'm going to say. What God has said in his word for my life can be altered by what I say. Just one simple point in case. Did God say... In Romans 10, 9, and 10, did he say, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved? Did he say that? Uh, did he say that? He really said that, right? Okay? If you choose not to believe that and say, that's a bunch of bunk, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that, will that change what he said there for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know why? You will not get saved. Well, but God is sovereign. He's sovereign according to his word. And I promise you, everything that he has already said is so in your life, will only come to pass if you choose to put that in your mouth and declare that that's what, he, what you are in, in, in life. You are what he says. You are the person he says you are. And as you put that in your mouth and you begin to change the way you think, especially when you don't think you are that person, then you'll begin to see things come to pass. Otherwise what his plan is in your life, and you're going to see it in my, journey, in, in my little journey I'm going to give you, my little movie I'm going to give you today. You're going to see this really, really clearly. That what I say can alter what God's plan is for my life. So what I say is more impacting to me than what anybody else, even God says, where my life is concerned. Man, I see that really clearly. Now, Follow with me. Matthew 12 and verse 36. I say to you that every idle word men shall speak, they will give account of in the day of judgment, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words will you be condemned. I want to read that 37th verse in the message. It says, There will be a time of reckoning, words are powerful take them seriously words can be your salvation or words can also be your damnation that was my example that i just gave you you can go to hell if you want but hell was created for devil the devil and demons not for people but you can go there if you want if you choose to do that you have the power in what you say and choose to believe to go straight to hell If that's what you want that's not god's plan for your life it's that all come to the saving knowledge but you have the choice and i promise you if somebody doesn't have the opportunity in this life to know god and know about god to make that quality decision they'll get that quality they'll get that opportunity to make that quality decision somewhere in life i'll just tell you this i've actually i have to say and i've thought this through before i was going to say this today i've thought this through But I have never met anybody, ever, that had enough information about how good my God is, ever deny him. I've never seen anybody that didn't want my God. I didn't just say God, I'm saying my God. See, because I have conversations at times with people about God, and I I realize in like three minutes, they're not ready for my God. They need my love. They need to be loved first. They need to be accepted. They're not ready for the God that I know. They can't handle the fact, like I couldn't at different times, that could God love me that much in spite of myself? Could he love me that much? I'm telling you, he does. My words changing the way I think and my perception of God and his kingdom and how it operates are vital to my success and where my future is going. Look at Hebrews 3 and verse 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling... Consider the apostle and the high priest of your confession, Jesus Christ, who is faithful to him, who appointed him as Moses also is faithful in all of his house. He said, consider, be aware of, take serious, take a hold of your confession or profession. Get serious about saying what he says is so. Agreeing with him in your life. Look at another verse that just drives this home in Hebrews 4 and 14. Seeing that you have a great high priest, Hebrews 4, 14, seeing that you have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to what we're saying. Let us hold fast to saying what he says is so. Let us hold fast to saying what he says is so not just saying anything in our in our lives letting anything come out of our mouth same same book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised he's faithful what Fabian was saying this morning about finances and 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 your finances and and the financial world he is faithful To Proverbs 3, I mean to uh, Malachi, whatever whatever it is, Malachi 3.10. He is faithful to Malachi 3.10. That's what I need to be saying over myself every day. Father, I thank you for the exchange that I'm a part of. I, I realize now it's an exchange. You said for me to bring the tithe, and in that exchange is your blessing. He didn't say blessings. He said the blessing, which is the empowerment for me to advance. It's the wisdom that I need to advance. It's the wisdom to know what to do with what I have. Even when I have little, he shows me what to do. You're faithful with little? I'll make you ruler over much. He is faithful, and I better be saying what he says is so. That's what he said. Can you say amen? So, before I get this, before I step into this little journey in the Old Testament, I want to look at three other verses in the Old Testament that start this story out. And the first one, the first verse of Scripture is Genesis 12, 7. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord Who had appeared to him. God told Abram Abram, when he made covenant with him that he would give him the land of Canaan, that it was promised to him and his descendants. And in in the 15th chapter, in the 7th verse, he said this Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. Do we see anything in there about God's will being anything other than the children of Israel inheriting the land of Canaan? What is that to us? It's the land of promise. Today it's not a land, today it's the promises of his word. The land of promise. Can you say amen? He promised them, he promised them and all of his descendants that land. Now we skip four. Uh, forward as we begin to get into this story Exodus 3.8 Children of Israel have been suffering for over 400 years, for a long time still have not inherited this land Some people think they've been standing for six weeks These people have been waiting over 400 years Nothing's happened In Exodus 3.8 we see this. So I've come to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and a large land to a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and all those guys. So here is the promise that God made to Abram now given to moses to come and deliver them now remember what god said in in 15 7 of genesis he told he told abram he told abraham he said i've led you out to lead you in i've led you out of ur the chaldees to lead you in he tells moses that with the children of israel i'm leading them out to lead them in and and there are enemies all those ites are enemies. I'm leading you out to lead you in, but when you get in, you got to deal with the enemies. Already prepared them. Told Moses, they've known this for over 400 years. And the generation that's there right then, it's all been passed down to them. They've been believing to be delivered out of the egyptian bondage so here we go follow with me exodus 14 <clears throat> the children of israel i'm not gonna i don't have time today to go through the whole story i'm just going to give you pieces of this but here here it is children of israel have moses as their savior moses is you know questioning god using him i mean you know it's a it it, it, it has the appearance of a real defeat right i mean Moses is unsure, the children of Israel are unsure, but God is confident he's going to lead them out, right? So, miracle after miracle, after manifestation after manifestation, 10 different miracles happen, and finally, Pharaoh lets them go. Finally, he's released them. And they've come up to the Red Sea, and in Exodus 14.10, follow with me here. And when Pharaoh drew near... He had told him to go and let him and send him out. I mean, he sent him out with everything, all the spoil of Egypt. I mean, they had money running over. They had opportunities and, and now they're being sent because the will of God was, I'm taking you out of here to lead you into there. And it's a very short, about a 11 day journey to the promised land. They're just gonna be out there for a while. They gotta learn some things. They gotta do some prep work. Maybe it'll take six months, maybe a year. You know, they're, 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 they're getting prepared as they're coming out and they're going in. So they're out, they've left Egypt and they come up to the Red Sea. They're not far, you know, in, in, in where they're going. And, and we see this in, in chapter 14. These people have been in bondage for over 400 years. They've owned nothing. They've, they've had to submit to people that have treated them horrible. They've done all kinds of things. They've, they've not fed them well. I mean, it's been ugly. It's been ugly for the nation. And yet God promised them the promised land. He promised them Canaan. Anybody ever had some difficulties in life and it looked like things weren't happening and, and you're hearing pastor talk about the promises of God and you're not seeing it come to pass? So now they've just seen miracle after miracle after miracle. You would think people that just saw the ten miracles, how, how many in here know what those, those ten manifestations were? How, how many know what they were? You've heard what the, the ten miracles that happened with Moses going to Pharaoh, telling him he had to let the children of Israel go. Anybody know what those were? And nothing happened to the, to the Israelites. Nothing happened to them, but it happened to all the people of the land. I mean, amazing things to get Pharaoh's attention to let the people go. You would think the people were stirred up. But they come to the Red Sea. Here comes Pharaoh and his army. They're all stirred up, things not looking rough. You know, what are we going to do here? And this is what, this is what they say. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they grabbed their kids' hands and they grabbed their wives' hands and they lifted their hands up and they acknowledged the greatness of God and all the miracles of God. Do you see any of that in there? They didn't do any of that. This is what they did. So they were very afraid. They weren't just afraid, but very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us to bring us up and out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? And they did. They said that. They said that but Moses convinced them that they're going and miracle after miracle they got a little bit past that until they get out here and now there's one situation that's going to have to be dealt with. I mean, you know, it's the army after them. You know, you, you could potentially be afraid but after everything that you've just heard, after everything that was just told you, after everything that has just happened to get you out of Egypt, you've got all their money. I mean, you're wealthy people. You, you've you left Egypt and and... And what? So he says, did we not tell you to leave us alone? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Do you hear what they're saying? We're going to die in the wilderness. God's leading them out, but he's leading them out. What did the promise say? I'm leading you out to go die before you get in. Not the promises we just read. You go back and look at those promises and tell me if you find anything different than that. See, what we're relating, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt is a type and shadow of Jesus delivering humanity. It's a type and shadow. So interject that into your life and the things that have to do with your life today. Interject that. Exodus 16 and 2, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. What? When we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. Man, I mean, these people are in delusion. I mean, the heat out there has done something to them. Huh? For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Because see, they had come to this point, and now they had a day or so without food. Couldn't find a Chick-fil-A nowhere. <clears throat> right? And so, what now what has to happen? So, listen... Why did God get why didn't God just say, you know what, dropkick this bunch? Get them out of here. No. His promise was, I led them out to lead them in. His mercy and compassion is continuous. And there, what, what what's coming out of their mouth? What do we what, what, what's the title of this series? Your life, you choose. What did I say about the direction of your life? You have the ability to direct your life with your tongue the same way that the bit in a horse's mouth and the rudder of a ship directs the ship and the horse. You have the ability to direct your life. If you choose to begin to say what God says about you so that your mind is renewed and you begin to understand how God sees you instead of how you think of yourself based on past history, things of the past, what other people say about you, I'm telling you today, until you believe what God says about you is absolutely true. That's not what's going to come out of your mouth. And these people right here, what were they saying? My gosh, you let us out here. I mean, they had, they had death on the brain. Why? Because they were around death everywhere. When they were in Egypt, everybody was dying. People would be beat and beaten and beaten to death because they didn't do their work. They were underfed and malnourished. So that all the hard work that they did, they struggled to, to actually accomplish all that, all that they had to do for the Egyptians. And everything that they were building in their fields and all that. Nothing was theirs. They owned nothing. They had no future and no vision for the future whatsoever. And God comes in and says, this is the way it's going to be. And you know the promises because they knew the word. And they knew everything that had been written and had happened up to that point. They knew the promises of Abraham. And they knew the covenant that God had made. Now it's up to them to choose, to believe, that what God had promised, he was able to perform it. And we see right here, they're choosing none of that. Can you say amen to that? Look at Numbers 13. Numbers 13. So, they're out there for a while. There's this situation, another situation, a water situation. They're coming up here to... to the the border of entering in, okay? And uh, this is still in the first year or two. And they come up to the border, it's probably in the first less than a year, when in Numbers 13 we have record of God telling Moses to send the spies in. And I want to read first what the purpose of the spies were to go in and see the land. Okay? And, and we find that in verse 1 and 2 of Numbers 13. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Like, as an inheritance after they die? No, that's why you're here. I've led you out of the bondage of Egypt to go in. Picture your life today. Think of the things that you have come out of. Everybody in here could stand up here. If if we took the rest of the service, rest of the day, the next four days, and everybody came up here one by one and talked about things that you've been through, things even to this day that you're struggling with in your life, things that you're, you're frustrated, things that you haven't seen come to pass. Children of Israel had many, many years to reflect on all these different things, and now the promises are beginning to come to pass, and they're struggling accepting it. They're struggling to believe it. He said, send these guys out to go and see the land, in essence, I've already given them. Their job was not to go spy the land out and decide whether they could take it or not. When God tells you, as Fabian was saying earlier, when God tells you to bring all the tithe into the storehouse, to prove him that I'll not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing that there's not room enough to receive, and I'll make sure that the devourer is rebuked from devouring your life. See, when when God says that, he means it. But the fact that God means that and that's absolutely true doesn't mean that it's going to be true in your life. And there's a lot of Christian people that believe God is sovereign and whatever happens, that's just the way it is. Well, he's sovereign to what he has said in his word. And when he tells you to do a specific thing in his word and you choose not to do it, your choices will change what the will of God is for your life. Because Malachi 3.10 is for every human being on planet Earth. Every human that's ever lived or ever will live. Because the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and God never changes. He never changes. And these people are thinking, they're going to go spy out the land, and they're going to decide. See, because this is the bunch that's been in the wilderness to this point that hasn't believed God for anything, his mercy produced it. The deliverance at the Red Sea, the deliverance where, where food was concerned, I mean, I mean, they had some amazing bread, dumplings or something, you know. I mean, for for the whole time they were out there. It never ceased. When it looked like they were, you know, when it looked like you know, six hours had gone and they hadn't had a drink and they were going to die of thirst, that's the way they projected it. God's mercy. I mean, I mean, can water come out of a speaker? If God says it does, Hmm? can money come out of a fish's mouth? That's where God tells you to go. You have to believe God. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, that, that was in the Bible, and that was kind of strange and weird. Okay. I mean, whatever you choose to believe in, whatever you say is going to be so in your life, that's what you're going to have. And you know what? <laughs> that's what you have right now. What you have said is so, that's what you have today. Just, just pull the curtain back and look at all the things that you say are so in your life. It's because they're that way because you've said so. You've accepted that. God wants it changed. God wants you walking in and fulfilling everything that he has said in his word is true for you. And he's no respecter of person. He's just a respecter of people that are going to have faith and trust him. That's what he's a respecter of. Same chapter, 25th verse. So these guys went out to spy the land out. They went to spy out the land, and here's the report. And they returned from spying out the land, <clears throat> verse 25, after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran. I mean, I mean this is, this is a meeting. You know, I, I don't know. There's, I mean, some people say there's two to three million people, you know, uh, 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 all the children of Israel. I mean, this is a meeting. And, uh, I mean, they had no no system to you know to amplify or whatever and i mean this is a meeting there's several million people out there as these guys are coming back from the promised land and he said um, and they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land then they told him and said we went into the land where you sent us kind of like i mean you can kind of hear it this spokesperson you know you can kind of hear it well you made us go something it truly does flow with milk and honey you know like god said and this is its fruit you know some people say the 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 grapes were like this one grape it took two men to haul in a cluster of these grapes that they brought back because they were so big they were massive i don't know about you but i think i would have believed just because of the grapes (laughs) i love grapes and when you think about you can make a whole meal out of a grape Anyway, I mean, come on. <clears throat> <clears throat> um, it does truly flow with, me- nevertheless, nevertheless, it does truly flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit, nevertheless. What? Never what less? What the heck is that? Why, what, what do you have to say that for? Nevertheless! Now we're going to tell you what we saw, what we feel, what we think, what the devil told us. You know, they didn't say that, but that's what happened. Nevertheless, the people in the land are strong. God had already told them that. See they had already known all the history of the Amalekites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and all those guys. They knew the history of those guys. they knew how bad those guys were and tough and, 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 and big and uh, uh, you know some of them are the descendants of big giants. I mean you know the, uh, some of them descendants of like you know uh, of I don't know, I'm thinking of different people that I've read about, but massive giants. They knew all that, well then they see them and this is their report. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and all those guys uh, along the sea and then Caleb quieted the people before Moses after they give him this negative report and he said, and he said, everybody say he said. Caleb said, in other words, based on what God had said, caleb's choosing to say what he believes based on what god's already said god already had given them the land it's no problem and caleb says he quiets the people and he said let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it but the men who had gone with him said we're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they gave the children of israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, the land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. How did they know that? They were just there for 40 days and took a bunch of grapes. And all the people whom we saw in in it are men of great stature. That wasn't the truth. They just saw some big guys and that's what they're focused on. There, There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, yeah. And so we were in their sight. How, does it, how do they know that? How do they know what they thought? They were spies. They weren't out there, you know, as a, as a news team taking opinions about what's what. These guys are spies. And they're already convinced that we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. We're already defeated. So you know what we have here? Two reports. We have, we have two reports from men and we have God's report. And one of the reports from men are saying what God said. The other report from men are saying what they think. Their unrenewed minds, their lack of belief, they're here at the border of the promised land. It doesn't have to take any longer. They can step in. Chapter 14 and verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and they cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only the whole congregation said to them, The whole congregation said to them, the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt so they said to one another, not only did they, did, were there a few spokespersons crying out for the whole congregation, but now they're conferring with one another. Now they're going back and forth and back and forth. Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of whoever he is, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes, they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we passed through to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. What is Joshua Joshua and Caleb speaking? They're speaking what God says is so. Their protection has been removed. They're not going to prevail against you. Situations that look impossible in your life, I'm telling you, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Those situations cannot overpower you, but you have to believe it. Because look, after they said this, and all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Listen faith talk causes people to look for stones, people don't like someone speaking faith when they're focused on their problem. I'm telling you, if that's you, you got to change. you got to change and get in a position where you're open to hear everything that God says and you're willing to declare out of your mouth what God says about you on a day-to-day basis, develop a routine of that so that you're hearing yourself say what God says. Otherwise, you're listening to what everybody else is saying, what the devil's saying, what, what is going on out there, you're moved by what you see, what you hear, and it's affecting the way that you're going to believe the Word of God when you hear it. Actually, you'll hear somebody teaching on faith, you'll turn it off. God may have set it up for you to hear somebody. You, God may set it up for you to hear Joel Osteen on the, on the radio, and he's saying something, and, it, and it's ministering to you in the moment, and you don't like what he's saying because you're too focused on what you're going through. And there, there was your deliverance. See, one word from God that you embrace and receive can change your life forever. Ever. I'm telling you, forever. We've got to take this thing serious. We've got to allow <clears throat> what we're saying to affect our lives, but we have to realize, and I'll show you in this verse in a second, that what we say affects everybody around us. It affects everybody around us. And all the congregation said, Let's stone him. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle anyway. Same chapter, same chapter 14 of uh, Numbers and verse 22. Because of all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt, watch this, watch this. You're going, to be, you're going to either be really glad that you came today and heard this or you're going to be mad. No, you're not. You're not going to be mad. You're going to, you're going to be really glad. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test Now these ten times, and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him. A different spirit. What spirit is that? One that's learned to not only say what God says is so, but believe it in the midst of everything, isn't it amazing? Here are these 10 over here, they see this, and here's these other two over here, and they see this. And, and and the two over here, what they're seeing is what God says is so, and they're just doing it. And these 10 over here are being moved by what they see and how they feel in the circumstances, and they let lies build up in their mind, and now they've come back and, and, and set all this mess. And he said, <clears throat> but my servant Caleb, which he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Whose? Caleb and Joshua. I didn't say Joshua here, but it's Caleb and Joshua's descendants. They'll receive. 26 verse of Numbers 14. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? That's what God said. I've heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. What did he say? What did he just say? Man, we gotta back up. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, how long shall I be with this evil congregation who complain against me? question. I have heard, this is God, I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. What was their complaints and what was their declaration? We're going to die in the wilderness. 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 What was Caleb's? Man. It's well with us. We can take this land. Man, I don't care how big those, those big old giants and ugly men are. You know, we're taking them out. Amen? He didn't care. Two different reports, but God is saying right here, the children of Israel made against me, say to them as I live, says the Lord, just as you, they, have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. In other words, what you say is what's coming to pass. Death and life are in the power of what you say for your life. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness, all of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. And so it happened. And they did, and they did. And they died, and they fell dead. And only Joshua and Caleb, think about it. (sighs) Because what I'm fixing to read here is going to liberate your life if you embrace what I'm going to read here in Joshua chapter 14. If you'll get a hold of this, what I'm going to read to you in Joshua chapter 14, if you'll get this... You'll never think about where you're at today. You'll never think about your age. You'll never think about what things look to appear to be or not to be. If you, if you grab a hold of what I've taught today and what I'm fixing to show you right here, you'll never be concerned about this again if you believe it. Now, I'm just telling you what God said. And I'm telling you today what I put together here and what i am delivered to you is just a, a movie, just a picture, a visual aid how God sees us today. God's not going to do anything to you if you disobey Him. He's not going to do anything. But He's already set His judgment up. See, if you go murder somebody when you leave here today, you're not. But if you did, you will pay because judgment's already been set up. You may hide for a while, but they'll find you. And if you you know if you spend a lot of time watching unsolved mysteries, you know some of them appear to not be caught, <laughs> but if they leave this planet and they stand face to face, you're caught, right? Not not like whatever, but but you're caught. So you can't ever get away with anything. So we might as well do what's right. Why hide? We're hiding. We do something and we're hiding or hiding from people or this situation, or hiding behind this thing or that. for what? You can't hide from God, right? You can't hide from God. And here, here in Joshua 14, like I'm saying, I'm fast-forwarding way up. But here, they've entered into the promised land. This is the 14th chapter of Joshua, and they're taking out the enemies. And, and, and Joshua's been in battle after battle. And he's won every one of them except one, and then he won that because he realized why he didn't win that. And they won battle after battle after battle because he did what God said. But think about Joshua and Caleb 40 years. I mean, I, I just get chills when I think about it. 40 years. They spent in the wilderness because of other people's unbelief. But you know what I think? This is what I think. I think they saw that 40 years as a time to build themselves up in faith. Sitting around the campfire and Mountain's got my name on it. That's my land. I know they call it Canaan land, but I'm calling it Caleb land. That's right, I'm calling it Joshua land. We're gonna take that land. God told us that. God's faithful to 40 years, and now they're right here. And listen to this: 40 years plus. Then the children of Judah came. To Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of whoever he is, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. So this is Joshua and Caleb talking here. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of God, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Ha! As it was in my heart, because in other words, I believed it. It was in my heart, I believed it. And I, I brought back the word of the Lord. And it looked like it wasn't going to happen. And it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. And 10 years went by. And, 10, and 15 years, and 20, and 30, and, and, and then 40, and then here we are. And, and then look at all of our friends. They're all dead. We're responsible for taking care of all their kids and grandkids. Growing old isn't for sissies. I'll just tell you this. If you're going to grow old and live over 100 years old, you're going to go to a lot of funerals. Just get ready. Be prepared. Have the word of the Lord. Look at, look at what Caleb said here. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Those 10 other spies made the heart of the people melt. What you do, how you act, your expressions, your attitude. You're going to be mad because you don't like everything in your life today. You're going to be frustrated because of that. It made the hearts of the people melt. God's saying, we got to rise above our stuff. And the only way you'll ever rise above what you're facing today and see what you're desiring to see in the future is if you change the way you talk and you begin to watch over and be faithful to watch over every word coming out of your mouth so that you're only saying what I say. If a man never says the wrong thing, if he only speaks the word of God, if he only says what God would say in a situation, same as a perfect man able to control the rest of his life. Now, you see, how you're controlling your life is through God's will. You're not controlling your life on your own. You're not a self-made man. You're a God-made man, woman. Joshua's saying this to Caleb. Well, no. no so, so, uh, so Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. This is Caleb. As he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, <laughs> Caleb believed a word that God spoke to Moses Caleb had to wor- believe that Moses heard from God and then Moses said it and then he believed what Moses said I'm telling you what I've heard from God. I'm preaching this message to you today from God I'm telling you then you got to believe what I say, but you got to make it your own and you know what Caleb says here This is what he did And here I am this day Maybe it was his birthday. (laughs) Here I am this day, 85 years old, and yet I'm as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for what? That means Joshua and Caleb spent 40 years renewing their mind only talking about the promises of god and giving no place to the devil coming to them telling them, oh you idiots it's not going to happen this isn't going to really happen your buddies aren't going to die 40 years out a lot of those guys are just 60 years old you're not going this isn't going to happen that's not going to happen you know give in curse god turn on god no they got stronger and caleb is sitting there and i'm telling you today no matter where you are where you've been what you've gone through in life what circumstances look like today, what you do with your mouth from today on will determine whether when you get to 85 or 90 or 100 or whatever you get to, I'm stronger today than I was when I was 40. When I heard Pastor Burke preach that word. Because God is faithful to his word. God is faithful. To his word. The rest of this and then I have one last verse. I know I've gone a little long but I had to give you this story. And Joshua blessed him and he gave Caleb the mountain. He gave Hebron to Caleb the son of whoever as an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb and it's that way today because he wholly followed God. In other words, he stayed with what God said, he repeated what God said, and he believed what God said. Second Corinthians 4.13, and I'm through. <clears throat> so as I read this verse, one verse, put your hand on your heart. Like we're saying the Pledge of Allegiance. And I want you to see this as a pledge, as a declaration of allegiance to how real God is. And what I'm telling you today, it's real. And your life does not have to stay the same. The direction of your life, if you're not satisfied and you're not moving in that direction, it will change not by you trying to rechange and redirect everything, but by beginning to speak and develop a daily routine of what God says about you from his word. And everything I've said today is confirmed in this one last verse of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, my gosh, I have the same spirit of faith that Abraham had. You and I have the same spirit of faith that Joshua and Caleb had. David, have we have the same spirit of faith that Jesus had because the same spirit that raised him from the dead is the same spirit that's in us. And he said here, and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe what we've heard today and we will speak. Can you say amen today? Your lives will never be the same.